really love to chat first about, um, I mean, we can definitely start, you know, at the beginning of your journey, but, um, I think the, I was looking through some of your, um, like stuff on your page on your Instagram Uh and you had one of like, you kind of do like blog style posts, which I really love because I feel Mm -hmm. like it allows us to come in and like get to know you a little bit better, which is my favorite. Like, I'm like, give me depth. (laughs) Yes. I love depth. (laughs) And so one, um, one sentence really stuck out to me and it said, I've never felt more tired or more alive. Mm, Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking? Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I sure can. It's been a, it's been a year. (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Um, it's just been a year of unearthing for me. Um, just kind of God, for whatever reason, every single night at 3am for like the last, probably eight months, I just have been waking up at 3am. And, um, at first I just got really annoyed. Half of it was because I couldn't breathe because of a sinus issue. (laughs) But the other half of it was just this, um, God just, was speaking to me. And so I would just wake up and I would just be obedient to that. Um, as exhausted as it was, and I would just read whatever was prompted on my heart to read, um, whether it be a book by my bed, um, whatever verse. And so that's kind of what, what this year's been. It's just been a lot of in-depth research, a lot of, um, going deeper with God, going deeper with spirituality, finding, um, just finding hope really is, is the kind of like that underlying theme. Right. And I feel like, you know, special needs parent just in general, or even just if you're facing something that like, like most people aren't familiar with, already Mm -hmm. has this sense of isolation attached to it in some ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be, one thing that I've always said is you could be in a room with hundreds of people and still feel very much alone. Like, yeah, because there's so many people that can't relate. Now you, I would imagine, have another level of depth that goes with that. Um, Just given the journey that you and your family have been on, um, what it like, is that something that you feel like would be relatable? Like, like, yes, that's exactly like, <laughs> it's a lot deeper than just yeah. typical isolation. It absolutely is. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a whole nother world. Um, mostly because, and I, I don't want to like, you know, say this in a bad way, but, um, just, I kind of just want to have a sense of community of like, okay, you have this diagnosis and I can slap that bumper st- sticker on my car and be a part of this community. And we will just, I'm going to advocate for this community. I'm going to advocate for everything about it. And I just don't have that. And so it's like just this overwhelming sense of isolation because yes, I'm a special needs mom, but I have no idea where we are in this journey. It's just kind of like, we're just swirling <laughs> just going in circles. Right. And that, I mean, is something that's, it's hard to understand because we have been assigned our diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think for some, like very much, it's like, if I could just find out, then like everything else, we like, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's almost just like for us, it was just like, okay, well, that doesn't change anything. It, it thankfully mm-hmm. gives us the resources to like, you know, zone in on this particular, like what we can do with this specific diagnosis. But um, just how you've been navigating that. Now, if you could take us back to the very beginning of like, how did this journey even start for you and your son? Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about this this evening, actually, before before we talked, I walked past this chalkboard that I, you know, before you have a baby, how you just nest and you were just like cleaning everything. And um, I remember just sitting down at a table and, and doing this hand lettering chalkboard um, of one of my favorite quotes. It's by Ann Voskamp. And it's um, the, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's praise him for the unexpected and the unlikely for the daily and the difficult and the graces in disguise. And I just have that hanging up and I see it every day. Um, had I known then <laughs> before he was born, this, I did this a week before he was born. Oh my gosh. Um, just what exactly that would mean for me. Oh my goodness. Like it, it just lives there on my wall. I look at it every day and I, it just carries me. But, um, do you feel like that was maybe like God kind of like putting like this, planting the seed within your heart of like, remember this in the moments that are about to come or like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, our journey has just been, it's been a long one. It's an ongoing one. Um, he was born with hypotonia. He came out, I mean, beautiful baby. I had a perfect pregnancy. It was, everything was great. I had a birth center, everything about his pregnancy and birth was just perfect. And I had this beautiful baby boy. And then we started noticing his first week at home, just, you know, he was very floppy, um, like a noodle, which I mean, you expect with a newborn, (laughs) but, um, but I remember my mom sitting there with me and just saying, you know, he might have there, you know, there's something, there's something here. I'm like, Oh no, 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 he's perfect. There's nothing wrong. Don't, you know? Right. And, um, and so I was in denial the first week and my husband for sure was in denial for even longer than that. And, um, every time we would bring it up at the pediatrician as well, they just kind of passed it off. And so we did too, cause we didn't want to believe anything else. Right. Um, well, and if you're like probably thinking, well, if the doctor is saying, Hey, like we're good, then we might. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Cause that's very oh, yeah. similar to what happened with us. You know, my mm-hmm. mom month one knew that there was something with Ava. And I was like, no, like, I, how dare yeah, you? Yeah. Right. You like, don't want to believe baby. it. Totally not. <laughs> right. So the doctors, Absolutely. they basically say like, nope, you're all good. Keep, keep tracking along. And you yep. guys are and like, we're not going to face it. Yep. Exactly. We're just moving right along. Um, everything was great. And then um, we started noticing the milestones weren't being hit. Um, I don't think he actually sat up till he was about, hmm. I'm trying to think like the exact month, like 10 months or like, yeah, really. I mean, it was far along. He didn't crawl till almost a year. And, um, and then, you know, even just, I remember on his first birthday, just sitting in the high chair, trying to get him to eat the cake. He's just all slumped over and like, you know, just very low muscle tone. Um, So in that moment, I've got to stop you really quick because in that moment, it's supposed to be this big celebration of life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that very exciting moment where it's like, 
you know, as moms were like, oh my gosh, the first birthday, you know, with the cake and mm-hmm. everyone's crowded around. Did you have a bunch of people over? Oh my gosh. We had a huge party, a huge okay. party at a park. I mean, the decorations, the cupcakes. So you went like it was the whole a... nine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So in that moment, did you like, so I'm going to be very transparent with you. I've had moments where it felt, and I've said this before, but it feels very exposing at times when mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you can totally tell at this moment that Ava would look to others definitely as special needs. Yeah. And in those moments, I have cringed. Like I've tightened my body up and almost like, mm-hmm. s- like start to sweat. If that, <laughs> not mm-hmm. to sound gross. Yeah. Is no, that, I... is that something that in that moment, did you feel that yet? Absolutely. Yes. And I had been feeling that for a while. There was when I, um, Dex is my second kid. I have three kids and with my daughter, there was a really close group of moms. We would all have play dates and we would all get together, um, cause it was our first babies. And then, um, we all kind of got pregnant again at this, at, you know, at the same time. And so that was kind of fun. We all had play dates again around six months. I started noticing, that, I mean, before that, but at six months, it was very prevalent that Dax was not doing all the things that these other kids were doing. And so I am, that was my cringeworthy moment. And I just kind of stopped. I just, I made excuses like, oh, we're, we're busy this day. I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, looking back, I wish that I would have just powered through, but I was just, I was broken. I, I was absolutely in that cringeworthy state. And, um, and for sure at the first birthday, absolutely. Yeah, because that's, I mean, you know, that moment you're like, eyes are all on your sweet baby mm-hmm. and you're just like, yeah, ah. but um, <laughs> yeah. how was that with just the dynamic with those women? Like, do you, do you think that they knew or did they ever like reach out and say anything or was that just something that they just respected and just kind of allowed you to process? Because it definitely, I don't think ever goes away, but there is this level of grief that comes as being a special needs parent. And I feel like it just evolves in the different stages of life, but I feel like that's probably really where you were at Mm -hmm. and just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Grief. That's a, that's a really good word for it. I mean, that's, it's been a, a journey of grief. And I don't think it ever goes away. I think there'll be definite seasons in our lives just moving forward, even where we're just, you know, wish we could be at a ball game, wish we could be playing ball and there'll be that grieving moment. There's just all these different milestones that you hit and you grieve all over again. Right. And it's something that, um, you know, a lot of people can't relate to. And a lot of my, my close community at that time couldn't really relate to. And so that's where that just overwhelming isolation felt because I was like am I wrong for feeling this way am I wrong for grieving this you know he's a perfect beautiful baby why am I feeling this way um but absolutely there was one one mom um and she actually mentioned her daughter was born with hypotonia and uh she came over and started asking me a lot of questions about Dax one day and um I wouldn't say that I felt offended but I was a little like taken back a a little bit and here she was just reaching out and saying hey you know these are some things that I noticed about my daughter maybe you could notice and I I maybe was just in still kind of a state of shock and denial right um but and probably accepting her advice maybe felt uh like you were accepting that this in fact was real was a thing yeah yeah absolutely um 
and funny story is I think he was 13 months and we had, or maybe 14 months, I can't remember, but, um, we're at the pediatrician and he, at this point was not putting any weight at all on his legs. Like if you tried to even get him to stand up, he would just pull his legs up, um, like little frog. And so that's when the pediatrician was like, Oh, you know, this might be a thing. And I was like, I've been telling you (laughs) this is a thing. And, um, and it was in that moment that I just, you know, she gave me a laundry list of things to go through and, and call people and do things. You know, I had a lot of next steps after leaving that appointment. But um, I remember going to a coffee shop and just sitting there and feeling so overwhelmed. I'm crying into my computer, looking at this list. And that particular mom that had talked to me six months ago came to mind and I just texted her and I said, hey, um, you know, what did you do? with your daughter's hypotonia, how did you, you know, what were the steps that you took? And rather than text me back, she immediately called me and we talked for two hours. And in that moment I felt just, Oh, okay. Somebody gets it. Somebody's taking me by the hand and walking me through this. And if it wasn't for her, I probably would not have been able to get into the programs that I got him in so early on. Um, cause I really just, I was lost. I was completely lost. Do you feel like but, she um, kind of grounded you a little bit to say like, okay, like get your, you're floating a little bit. Cause you're probably overwhelmed. Cause you're like, what's mm-hmm. going on? This is my baby. And then this incredible mom comes in and says, not only am I going to give you answers, I'm going to talk to you, you know, yeah. I'm not going to just text Absolutely. you. And she probably might've grounded you a little bit, which probably gave you the strength really to say, okay, like, now I have some sense of idea of where we can go from here since this is all. Yeah. I talk about how this special needs, the, just the journey in general, is so very much like navigating uncharted waters. Even if you are in a community that has, you know, journeys, every journey is different. Mm-hmm. And there's no manual that comes with it. But to then, you know, not have a diagnosis and, you know, trying to figure that out, that journey too, I, I just couldn't imagine how overwhelming that would be for you. And I know that you've already, you know, highlighted that a lot, but, and I mm-hmm. thank you for being so transparent because I think, I think a lot of people sometimes often feel too that once we do have that moment of grief in the very beginning of like, okay, we've come out and we've shared our story that our children or our child has special needs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel, think that that's the only moment that we do the grieving, Mm, you know? And then I think that this is a great moment to really, you know, there's listeners on that tune into this that actually don't have children with special needs, but they're impacting communities through that. Um, and so I think it's just important that you being able to share too, like just having that outreach and then it's just, it's so important. And it's it's yeah. important to remember too, that it, there are these levels, like you said, there's these stages that as they grow and as our friends, children grow too, I mean, you know, that in itself is very challenging to navigate as well. Cause I mean, Ava has a bunch of cousins, her age, and younger that are all surpassing, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're facing that journey too, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the hard part. And especially with just siblings, just seeing the dynamic, um, my oldest daughter, you know, she so badly wanted a brother that she could play with and, you know, they just never, 
I mean, they connect and sometimes I see them playing and they have little things. Dance parties are a big thing at our house. Oh my gosh. We love dance parties. Yes. And that's like the one thing that all three of my kids can connect on. But, um, other than that, I mean, she, she really, she struggles. She really struggles with that. And there's, you know, and I get it. And I think just being open and honest too is the, is really helpful and all of that. I just sit with her and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's okay to feel that way. I totally get it. You know? Yeah. Um, I love that. It's you all do that. that. I love that you do that. Cause I think so often it's almost this thing where we don't want to like have that conversation or like say like, that you said where you felt guilty sometimes for feeling mm-hmm. those it's very that's a valid feeling because there's moments where I'm like I feel really awful for complaining about my situation when there's hundreds of other people going through way more challenging things than I am and here I am complaining and you know or like how dare I feel this way you know that's my child just that yeah. alone you know continues this guilt all the time but to sit there in that moment instead of trying to fix her and not that she needs fixing but I feel like that's the the human response is like okay this looks broken let me fix it but instead you just hum like just so humbly just sat there with her and I it's it just reminds me of that moment where Jesus just wept Mm, you know and just to just sit there in that moment and just say like I'm with you and I hear what you're saying. I feel, I can hear your feelings and giving her the validation has got to be very important too. Mm-hmm. We're, we're flipped. So we have, a, um, her, Ava's brother is three months old. Yeah. So we haven't yet really fully walked that journey. So um, w- what does that look like? I mean, you, you sit there and you talk with her in those moments and, you know, does she, does she ever feel like maybe isolated herself because maybe the attention is going more towards like trying to figure out the diagnosis and what exactly is misfiring within Dax? And mm, yeah, I do feel like that a lot of times, but then also we're, we're super intentional. Um, and we've been very intentional this past year, especially because, she's going on seven. Um, and you know, she is, she is craving more attention, more asking a lot more questions, all valid, normal feelings and things and feeling those things. But, um, as far as being intentional with her, we try to have dates. We try to take her out, let her stay up a little late with us, watch a movie just so that she feels like everything's not just going to Dax and that she's, she's feeling that love and attention from us. Um, something really cool. I mean, our, our third kid was not planned. (laughs) We were in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Hi. Um, we were in the middle of just figuring out what, what this looks like for Doc. So we were super surprised (laughs) to find out we were having another one in the middle of it, but, um, he has just been the most, like, I don't even have a word that's, he's, he's brilliance. He's magic. He's joy. He's just, he is all the things that we didn't know we needed and he's all the things that she needs. Oh. And it's so, it's so cute to see them. I'll come around the corner and they're just sitting on the couch, all cuddled up watching a show. Um, she's, she, um, will go and take his hand and say, come, come play with me. Owen." and he's two and a half now he's talking and conversing more, but, um, it, their, their bond is so special. And I really do feel like God just, 
I mean, he knew what we needed and he knew what she needed. Yeah. And so that's just, it's a really sweet sibling relationship. Oh, that like gives me like the mom feels so much. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I love that. So you talked about, and you keep talking about this. So I've got to ask you throughout this whole conversation, I keep hearing, and I've also seen it on Instagram where Mm -hmm. you talk about this last year has really just been this year of like, I would say transformation for you Mm, and where you're like exploring new levels of yourself and it sounds like you're evolving and possibly also shedding a lot of things from the past couple years prior to that Mm -hmm. or even just life in general. Can you talk about what like this year has been this year of transformation? You keep talking about this past year. Yeah. Um, it's like I said, you know, God would just keep waking me up at 3 a.m. every night. And um, rather than become annoyed, which I was <laughs> the first couple <laughs> weeks, I'm like, what is this? I just started using it and just writing. And some nights I would just sit there and pray on my knees. Um, he has just been pouring into my life this overwhelming joy and allowing me the space to just to grieve, which I mean, I even feel, I feel guilty saying that, but like it, it is a, it, it is, it's a, it's a daily grief. And I'm, um, I'm confident in knowing that that's okay. <laughs> like that's okay. And I think that's something that a lot of people with in on this journey with special needs kids need to hear too, that it's okay. It's okay totally. to have those feelings. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to take that space. Um, we have these ideas of what our kids are going to be and and grow and have this have journals filled of things that I wrote to Dax before he was born of just him being in my belly and just like you're gonna do all these great things I mean and he will he he is but you know it just it's a different picture totally yeah yep I absolutely absolutely get that yeah and so that's that's just been an underlying theme this past year is just hope in the middle of this mystery um being, being open to the daily joys and seeing them just, um, you know, saying thanks for all the little things that you wouldn't normally say thank you to. Mm. Um, isn't it amazing how this journey radically changes your perspective sometimes where we start to really celebrate like, oh my gosh, my daughter just got off the chair all by herself. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you think you're like, wait, if someone else were to hear that, they'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, and yes. like, that's a big deal in this house. You don't get yes. like, Yeah, I love that we are able to actually kind of take a step back in this really fast paced world and just be able to notice these smaller moments and realize that they're actually really big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so beautiful. It is. It, it's a I mean he is the most amazing kid. All my kids are amazing, but like he, what he has shown us in the middle of all of this, he, he just, he's exactly who God put in our lives. And, and this is the exact journey that we were meant to be on. Um, and that's been the thing that has really just transformed my heart this past year is rather than feeling this this grumbling over it mm-hmm. to feel this rejoicing and joy in the middle of it. I love that. I'm so glad that that's where you're at because I feel like it takes people sometimes 
And sometimes people haven't even, you know, learned how to transition into that, you know, because this is a huge grieving process. And sometimes I think we can get really stuck in kind Mm -hmm. of this negative space. And so to be able to, you keep saying, find hope in the middle of the mystery. um, I think that's so important because I think we sometimes just are looking at the end result and not realizing like we're in the middle of it currently. Right. And so what do we do while we're here? We can't just look towards the end and just have hope just for the end. We've got to have Mm -hmm. hope, you know, intertwined through the entire thing and great joy, gratefulness that, okay, not why me, why not me, right? I'm capable Mm -hmm. of, you know, navigating this and God, you know, it's almost this, what I always say to God is like, I'm so thankful that he trusts me to go through this and grow through this because I truly believe he knows I've given you this daughter because I know that your glory, like all of it's going to be for my glory, you know, for God's sake. And that's something that really keeps me humble and really grounded. Um, Now this mystery, if for viewer, for listeners that really aren't understanding quite yet, Mm -hmm. Dax doesn't have a diagnosis as of yet. He does not. Um, What we know as of now and as of the four and a half years of trying to find one, he has hypotonia, is born with hypotonia. Um, He has a carnitine deficiency disorder where his body just does not produce high amounts of carnitine. So he's on a supplement for that. Um, And he's globally developmentally delayed. And so... All of those are more symptoms and they're not really a, you know, firm diagnosis. So we've just been on this journey to find that we've had all most common 50% diagnoses ruled out as of now. Um, And so it's just kind of finding that searching those last 50%, which is more invasive. Um, So we're kind of navigating that right now, which is still a little fresh, but just more invasive testing. Um, also looking at, you know, an, un, an undiagnosed rare disorder. So, I mean, it could be something like that where maybe 2% of the population has that. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and I think that's the thing that I'm just trying to be comfortable with is the not knowing. And that's the hard part. But, um, but it's not something that we're willing to give up on. We want, we feel like we need to, we need to fight for that. Yeah. And I, I like that. I, I, again, like, I think it's so healthy that you acknowledge the fact that it's very okay in the moments to, to be okay with like, uh, this is really challenging right now. Like this is a really hard pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, we're still going to move forward. Right. Because yeah. it's just, it's so important that we do. And I think it's encouraging for other viewers, listeners really to be able to hear you say that and have the inspiration to say, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, go ahead. Oh, there's a, um, a good friend of mine's mom. She grew up with a special needs brother who was older than her. So she's been super helpful in speaking into my life and my daughter's life. But, um, her mother, I remember having a conversation with her and just saying, you know, how did, how did you navigate this? I mean, you know, just potty training in general, you know, like just the little things that you're like, am I going to be, is he going to be in diapers forever? I don't know. Um, 
but I remember her saying, well, I, I said that, you know, where, where we're at now, we have all these therapies. There's a lot more that is available to us right now. And she said, well, that's because I sat and I sat in boardrooms and I fought for that for you. And so that's one of the things that has really stuck with me is that, you know, finding a diagnosis, yes, it, it may help Dax, it, it'll help us, it'll bring us some, you know, some clarity, but also it can kind of start an advocacy for whatever that diagnosis is so that we can fight for, for the next generation so that we can open up doors for the next generation. And so that's just stuck with me because if she didn't sit in those boardrooms, if she didn't sit in those meetings and fight for it, then I wouldn't have the therapies that he has today. Absolutely. And it's, it's really, I, I talk about this a lot, but it really becomes a ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. Like you being able to even just say, Hey, grieving's okay. And and to feel guilty and, you know, just acknowledging like you can have these feelings while still raising, still advocating and still trucking along and really just rolling with the punches, Mm -hmm. you know, and taking as many as you can for your son or for your child and taking moments to recharge. And, you know, if you got to cry, you got to cry and let it out, but then you yes. just continue. Um, so I think that that's, that's amazing that you do acknowledge that. And, and to just bring that in, I think is so it's important. It really is because I feel like sometimes it's, we, you know, just this Instagram world, this picture perfect, everything's perfect, which it's not, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we sometimes can really, miss or look over these really raw moments that I think have so many people trapped. Right. And then there's moms like you who say, Hey, I, I felt trapped and I do very much at times. Right. I would imagine that still is a feeling that you may feel at times just as it is for me, but to say, Hey, you don't have to stay there. And you can be, you know, released from this place of being trapped and then, you know, go into the next one and then repeat the process, right? You just keep moving forward. Um, Yeah. On that subject, you had talked about how you had this dream uh, about the boxes and like being trapped, like these, all these boxes (laughs) and not being able to get to this exit. Um, Yes. Can you describe just kind of like how that's played out maybe in your actual journey? Because I truly believe that that was just a symbol of just the feelings, obviously, that you were feeling as you started to like assign them, you know. Totally. Yes. Well, I am an Enneagram 7, if anyone speaks Enneagram. Um, So my biggest fear is the fear of being trapped. Um, I don't like being trapped. I don't like emotional pain. Those are things I really shun away from um, <laughs> just in my general existence. But um, but through especially this last year, I have just come to acknowledge the pain. And now I kind of just am in this place where I welcome it because I don't want to be too comfortable because I think that that's where God really uses us the most is, in, mm-hmm. is when we are uncomfortable. Um, and so I had this dream. I was I was absolutely feeling trapped in a lot of areas. Um, I take too much on. I say (laughs) yes to everything. (laughs) And it's really hard for me to say no. Um, And so that was one of those weeks where I just was like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, to everything. And um, 
And I just found myself like, what am I doing? I don't have any, I don't even have room to breathe right Uh now. Um, And so I've, I've started to just become more intentional rather than just blurt out a yes, which is what I do Um, just to kind of ask myself, okay, is this, is this my, my best? Yes. Is this, is this going, how is this going to serve, you know, and just being more intentional with that. And that helps avoid the the trapped feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you keep using the word yes. intentional because it's it's almost like I feel like we can get very autopilot with our responses and mm-hmm. and I'm I've related 100% to what you just said. I actually thought you were describing me in my current situation. So <laughs> Yes. Okay, that's me. I got it. Thank you. I know it's um, it's a it's a struggle. It is, but it's also <laughs> it's so it's so empowering to be able to say, wait, let me actually like, is this the right? Yes, you know, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, now you seem like you you've just this intentionality that you've kind of wrapped into your DNA of being a mother and just advocating and just you as a person, a human being, um, what does this look like playing into your role in your marriage and like your husband and being on this journey? Cause mm, yeah, as we all know, like our marriages definitely have, you know, impact or they're impacted by this journey, whether that's in a negative challenging way or it may start there, but develops, you know, joy and, you know, just kind of this growth, this painful growth that becomes a blessing at the end, you know, if that makes sense. Yes. So no, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, that's one thing that Ryan and I have made a huge point is our marriages. And that's, we are super intentional about our marriage. And I think around the time when Dax was six months Um, we were at a super low point, just, we weren't communicating, I think also because he was in denial and I was just in this place of, I don't, I don't even know where I fit in right now. Um, and we just weren't communicating the the best way. And at that point we both agreed to start seeing a counselor. I wish we had done it when we first got married. I really do, because I think it would have saved a lot of just, you know, arguments that didn't need to happen. Totally. But, um, but from, we, we still go, we go every three weeks. Um, it is a part of our, just getting your oil changed kind of mentality. It's so important. Um, it changed the way we communicate. It changed everything. I mean, we started to have a daily date or daily date. That'd be that great, be right? Awesome. A daily date, yes, girl. <laughs> a <laughs> weekly date. <laughs> we started having a weekly date. Um, and just, our roles were kind of, you know, we try not to talk about the kids too much. That's kind of hard or work or anything like that. Um, we just, we're just there for each other and it's so cool. I feel like I, I get to know him differently every week. I learn new things every week. Um, we've really grown not to say we, we don't have our struggles. Every marriage has their struggles and their bad weeks, but, um, but ours are definitely lessened now because we know how to, how to fight. Yes. <laughs> fight fair. <laughs> we fight fair. Um, we're able to just hear the other person and, um, and be there for each other. And I think too, it's hard. I mean, I say that I'm isolated half the time, you know, as, as a, as a mom without a, you know, a kid without a diagnosis, but I mean, so are dads, right? Like 
you never really think about it, but there's just not a lot for them either. And, um, and so I'm, I'm so thankful that we have each other. I'm so thankful that we are on the page. He is an incredibly involved dad. Um, he's, he's just, he's amazing. And I'm just so blessed by our marriage, especially since Dax was born. I mean, honestly, I think, I don't think we were ever in that kind of trouble zone, but Dax probably saved it if we were, because just having that intentional time weekly, um, going to counseling, talking through these things with our counselor, how we're feeling, it's so important. It really is. And I'm really glad that you, you talked about dads and, you know, them really not having, you know, really a voice. Like, you know, we have a lot of moms that advocate very hard verbally and like very, you know, we can almost find it everywhere, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And dads are doing the same thing too. Don't get me wrong, but I think that there isn't a big enough platform that's been available to them. And so, you know, we've actually had my husband come on and, and share his insights of, you know, how he feels and how he processes it and how he processes me processing things, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that kind of stuff. Like women, I, I chatty Cathy's, you know, like <laughs> we can't yeah. do it all. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but men definitely have the same feelings and they handle and process it totally different for the most part. And they have a much bigger load, I feel like, to carry that's very silenced. And so we've kind of been in this place where it's like, we need to bring my husband in and he needs to be able to connect with other husbands because we, you know, through this, thankfully have been connected to families where the husbands are wanting to know, like, how are these families navigating this stuff? And, and how, like, how I'm feeling, is this okay? And I, you know, I've been in denial for six months and I don't know if any other person would feel the same way. And, you know, I don't have the resources like that. And so I'm thankful that you say that and bring that because we've had a lot of families, you know, just say like, I'm thankful that you brought your husband on because now it's, it's open for my husband that he didn't know how to start, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's so important. And I'm so glad that you guys are finding that time of intentionality and really leaving the kids off the table, which is so important. So hard. It's hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so you're, you know, that's your whole world, but it's, it yeah. really requires you guys to get to, it does require you guys to get to know each other on such a deeper level. And so mm-hmm. it's going to allow you guys to just totally kick butt, you know, continuing moving forward and navigating these waters and, you know, just being able to have this deeper level of communication and intimacy as well. It's just, I'm so here for your guys's I, your weekly dates. I'm just so proud of you guys too. Like I know that I haven't met you guys in person, but I am proud of you guys because it is definitely not always easy to do that. So no, it's not. And, and, and on weeks where it's not easy too, we, um, we are just intentional about, you know, some people can't just get out and go on a date and I totally get that. Um, so we'll just play a game. We just make an intentional time. We'll light some candles, get out one of our favorite games. We'll play a game, have communication over that game. Um, and just maybe even have a separate dinner from the kids, put the kids to bed early. So just finding that time just at least once a week is so important. It is. Well, I am so grateful for you. Um, <laughs> cause we're at, we've already gone 
you know, I feel like we're just getting started. And I say this all the time because it's so easy to just get in this conversation and, you know, it feels like we've just touched the surface of it, of it all. Mm -hmm. But um, just your transparency um, has been very valuable. And I don't take the journey that you're going through lightly, but I'm very grateful that you've allowed us to be kind of introduced to it and, you know, to allow other people to just pray for you guys and to just let you know, like, we're all here for you. Like, I'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed and um, I'm excited to see where this goes for sure. So I am too. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) As we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to mention? Um, And feel free if there's nothing totally fine, but I just want to make sure that I give you that time. If you're like, Hey, that this was on my heart. I want to share it. Um, I think if I could mention anything, I think it would probably be just um, the being a mom to an undiagnosed kid. I think there's so many moms out there that are struggling in that, in that space that don't reach out. And um, so I just kind of want to be that person. Like you can reach out to me because I get it. Like it's one of those things where sometimes you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to make it a thing. Cause if you say it out loud or if you just, you know, acknowledge it in the least, it makes it real. And I've been there and I get it. Um, and I think that's a, it's a hard, it's a raw thing and it's a beautiful thing. And, but um, you don't have to do it alone. I like that. Um if they were able to, if they were wanting to reach out, if there's people here that are like, Hey, I'm walking through a similar journey. How would they find you? What would be the best way to contact you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, the joyful wild, and I am getting a blog together soon, (laughs) hopefully soon. Um, so I can just share a little more of my journey on that as well. So incredible. And you write so fantastic by the way. Um, it Thank totally you. brings us in. So if anyone hasn't been able to get to Casey's Instagram, you've got to get over there because it just, she totally brings you in the way that you form your sentences. And I love writing. So it's got my, it's got my little heart all tied up in it. So oh, thank you. I'm, I love your stuff. too. Oh, thanks girl. <laughs> so thank you so much. And um, again, I'm so glad that you're opening yourself up for other people to be able to connect with you. And we're excited. Once you get that blog, you got to let us know that you've started. I will. (laughs) Yes, I will. All right. (laughs) You've made it to this part and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being such a dedicated listener. And I just wanted to tell you that I'd love to get to know you. I don't always get to see who's listening and tuning in here on this podcast. So if you make your way out of the podcast and over to Instagram, my handle is blessed for this mess and send me a personal message. I'd love to connect with you. Put something in the comments and let me know that you're tuning in. I'd love to get to know you while you're there. Your girl has a YouTube channel and videos are coming soon. And so don't forget to subscribe to that. The, in, the information is all posted up in my bio in the Instagram. Again, the handle is blessed for this mess. 
And while you're still here, don't forget to rate this a five-star rating and give an excellent review, you guys. Let's help other people be able to find this podcast. If it's blessing you, let's be a blessing and be able to bless others. It'll help the algorithm and allow others to find this podcast.